0: You're listening to the Homegrown Faith Podcast. I'm Joe Clark, and I'm chatting with my fellow pastor and friend, Richard Swetman, about God, the Bible, and life lived growing our faith in Jesus. This podcast is coming to you from Hunter Bible Church in Newcastle.
1: Hey there, Joe Clark. Great to be chatting with you again today. How are you doing?
0: I am well. Thank you, Richard Swetman. I always like people saying my full name. Do oh, really? You? Um, yeah. It's,
1: uh, either way, but uh, yeah, hmm. it's uh, just part of our skillful. Um, Uh, Commencing of podcasts. Uh,
0: (laughs) So true. So true. What have you been up to?
1: Well, I thought I'd share with you that um, I've got something to look forward to coming up, uh, and that is that I bought tickets for my oldest son, his birthday, for him and me to go to an air show called Warbirds (laughs) Over Scone. Okay. Were you aware that Warbirds Over Scone was coming up, Joe?
0: I wasn't. It wasn't on my calendar, but... (laughs) Tell me about it. I'm excited for you guys. Well,
1: air, air shows are interesting. We've been to about three or four, and they're quite a big deal over um, over the years. And uh, it's coming up well. You know, it's a birthday. It's good. My son, as you know, is massively into aviation. Very, and so yes. um, a warbird, do you know what a warbird is, Joe?
0: It's a kind of plane that was used for fighting. Is that right?
1: Yes, pretty good. Yes, a, a military aircraft from mm-hmm. uh, different, uh, particularly from the past. And uh, Scone, as you know, that's uh, about two hours' drive up the valley uh, or maybe more. It'll actually take us more than that because I'm doubling up on this trip to turn it into um, hours for my son's uh, L's license. So we're going to have a very slow (laughs) 90K (laughs) drive to and from Scone. Um,
0: Excellent strategy. (laughs) Yes.
1: Starting early. uh, Maybe, I don't know. Do you have to stay awake as a supervising driver? (laughs)
0: Yes, but Uh, you you know what, I was thinking you were going to say it's going to take extra time because there's going to be so many people going and the traffic is going to be hectic.
1: Oh, there could well be traffic, but no, the factor is not that. It's more the 90k an hour. So we're (laughs) driving up there. And uh, have you ever been to an air show, Joe?
0: Ah. I don't think I have now I think about it. My dad loved planes, but no. Yeah,
1: yeah. No, it's quite an experience. There'll be, uh, there will be lots of people there. People will come from Sydney or all around the state for something like this. Right. Um, everyone will come along with their camp chair and set up their camp chair near the, near the landing strip. Um, there will be air cadets and um, some of the RAF will be there. Nice. Uh, you know, you can walk through one of their planes, something like that. And then um, you get a program and. and there's a lot of um, older people or people with enthusiasm and they will know the different marks of a, of a Spitfire. Um, All right. The, yeah, the different versions of the Hercules, the, um, they'll be able to recognize the sound of an F-18 Hornet just from the engine or the sound of a a hurricane just from the engine. So there's a real appreciation and um, you sit there um, you wait around for a long time and then the planes sort of go past. Sometimes they look like they're going to hit. Uh, you know, <laughs> you, there's the, 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 it's loud. Um, and, uh, yeah, my son will be there just captivated by every plane and be able to recognise them from a long distance away. So wow, that's, uh, that's what we've got, got coming up, something to look forward to.
0: That really does sound fun. There's nothing quite <laughs> like going to a show um, where you see what someone else loves and you see their, like their deep investment mm, in it. It's yeah. just fun to watch from the outside, isn't it? Yeah, yeah.
1: I think, yeah. yeah, fun to watch from the outside. And I get a little taste of it as well. Like when I see yeah. a, a a Spitfire or a, um, you know, flying past, I think, well, that's that's what people would have seen um, in, uh, yeah, 60 or whatever it is, um, 80 years ago, defending yeah. um um britain or um mm, mm. yeah other planes they, like they, there's a real history there so mm. there's a, yeah it's a little bit moving when you when you see these things oh,
0: i can imagine oh so, well i'm uh, looking forward to hearing how it goes
1: i'll uh, yeah let you know in a few weeks how it goes but um if anyone's there coming to war, boards, war birds over scone on march 26 come and say hello and uh, <laughs> yeah we can talk talk aviation um Sounds fun <laughs> <laughs> joe how about you what have you been up to <clears throat>
0: I promised last week that I'd talk about something garden-related. Mm-hmm. And what I want to talk about is someone who is a mycologist. Do you know what a mycologist is?
1: That would be an expert in fungi, spores, and molds. <laughs>
0: How do you know that?
1: Well, it's a bit of my old medical background. And, um,
0: oh, right. Okay, okay. Because I was like, he surely won't know this. But yes, uh-huh, an I expert in, in fungi and um and mushrooms and toadstools and all these things. The reason I've known this is because the other day and all through my childhood, but particularly the other day, when I would find a huge mushroom in my lawn, I would get great joy from kicking it over. Like that would be super fun. (laughs) Yep. And then I had this like almost pause, thoughtful pause where I looked at it and I thought, is this like other people's apple trees? Like if I got an apple tree and there was an apple in the tree, me grabbing it and, kicking it would be like kicking something that's a crop. Am yeah. I kicking someone's crop right now? <laughs> well, then I started Googling and I discovered that no, <laughs> do not eat any mushrooms from your yard is essentially the rule. <laughs> yeah. yep. um, but it just was an interesting little interlude to think about mushrooms and fungi and actually that the presence of mushrooms can indicate a very help- helpful, healthy ecology or whatever. Anyway, but it just made me interested and I it helped mm-hmm. explain the one thing that I have been wondering about since the start of the year. So here's the story. I laid down a bunch of mulch and leaf litter kind of mulch on my garden. And within a few weeks, I got this fluoro yellow stuff growing (laughs) from my mulch. And I was like, what is that? And it was all, and I've genuinely never seen it before or since. (laughs) And I discovered what it is. It's called Fuligo septica which is basically, in common terms, dog vomit. Oh, (laughs) That's the name of the fungus because after it's yellow, it goes brown and looks like dog vomit. (laughs) Oh,
1: that's that's not a very uh, pleasant name.
0: No, it's (laughs) not. I was like, oh, come on, guys. I've just discovered what you are, but that's not fun. Anyway, the reality is it's a slime mold and it it grows in mulch.
1: And it's a sign of a a healthy garden there.
0: Well, I don't know if that one's a sign of a healthy garden. My (laughs) mushrooms are a sign of a healthy garden, but maybe not my dog vomit yeah who yeah. knows <laughs> I,
1: you know what freaks me out about mushrooms is that they're not a plant they are they're their own kingdom
0: yes uh, very strange
1: and uh yeah that uh just, so when you think of them not as plants are they animals it's just uh yeah
0: oh that's a fascinating question that really blows my mind
1: that. yes what a, what a, is this thing
0: it's a growth <laughs> <laughs> And the difference there's a difference between a mushroom and a, a toadstool. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. Fascinating. Fascinating. Anyway, we don't well. have any more time to talk about mushrooms, but I invite anyone to Google about mushrooms and you'll find <laughs> interesting things.
1: <laughs> sure will.
0: We live such exciting lives, Richard.
1: That's for sure. That's the, that's the feedback we get all the time.
0: <laughs> uh, anyway, you've been reading, reading Revelation.
1: Oh, I have, yes. It's just been part of my regular reading plan. I keep a little mm. um, a note and the note was telling me, hey, Richard, you haven't read Revelation for at least a year. And um, I thought it's time to get into Revelation. And I've actually mm. found it um, really helpful at this time just with, like, what's going on around the world. So, mm. um uh, if anyone listening to this, you know, in the in the present time, um, we've had a huge floods in New South Wales and Queensland. Um, obviously, mm. the pandemic has been going on for two, three years. And um, Russia has invaded Ukraine. Mm. There's like this old-fashioned war in Europe. Mm. Um, and uh, as I'm reading Revelation, I just keep seeing more things that are, seem familiar to our world. Um, mm. So the... Um, the seals, the seven seals that are opened, um, mm. the first two is the white horse, which is conquest. And the, the second one is the red horse, which is war. Um, and it's mm. like, well, yes, we, we, we're experiencing war and conquest at the moment. Um, to look a bit further on, uh, when the trumpets are sounded, the first four trumpets are all different kinds of natural disasters. Um, there's fire or there's earthquakes or there's um, yeah sickness um, and it's making me think of just the disasters going on around and mm-hmm. so um, and then the, the final thing I'll share is from chapter 12 just mm-hmm. a little reminder about who we are as Christians living in this world where all these disasters are going on um, this comes at the end of a story about a dragon it's kind of a, a hostile satanic figure, then uh, Revelation 12 verse 17, then the dragon was enraged at the woman and went off to wage war against the rest of her offspring, those who keep God's commands and hold fast their testimony about Jesus. Mm-hmm. And just to, in the in the midst of this this reading of Revelation and all this stuff, just to hear that little note of, of who, are, who, who are Christians in this world, the people who keep God's commands is one thing, so mm-hmm. yeah, I was encouraged to just, you know, Christian obedience again, and then Hold fast their testimony about Jesus, and so to yet yeah, genuinely identify with Jesus, stand up for him, um, speak his name, testify about his news, um, yeah, be be quick and ready to identify as a Christian um, holding mm. fast there. So mm. that was my well, I'm part way through, that's my reading revelation experience, Joe.
0: Mm. So <clears throat> as you read it, I, I find revelation, my experience of it is, I'm reading it, going, "Whoa!" I really don't have an idea of what's going on necessarily. Mm. Um, how do you deal with that thought? You, you, I, I know you know more about Revelation than I do, but how do you deal with the thought of this is, you know, this is apocalyptic? This is a different kind of genre. It's lots of imagery. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Well, I, I'm not sure about whether I know more than you, Joe, but um, I, I can share my experience of reading is is mm. to. Um, I think my perspective on Revelation is is a fairly standard one um, uh, among the, the different options, which is kind of a, um, a perspective that looks at the different events, the different chapters as kind of a different camera angles on, on mm. mostly the present age, different mm. perspectives of the present age where um, there's opposition to Christianity, where there's natural disasters, there's war, there's... Um, uh, there's faithfulness there's people suffering for the faith um there's the sovereign rule of of God and mm. uh, his son and so I'm generally reading it as these different being different perspectives on the on the present age uh, until mm. we get to, to the final chapters and I'm okay. in my sort of personal reading, I'm not here studying intensely i'm 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 latching on to the things that are um enlightening encouraging comforting mm. 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 that approach yeah
0: yeah and it really sounds like those that that last verse, as you've read and looked at oh, what are our present circumstances oh that's that I can make sense of my present circumstances. they're talked about in the Bible as a reality of our times, mm-hmm. and what am I to do and what is what's the Christian life to be That's yeah. the final verse oh that's
1: very good, yeah, so I think I don't know historically revelation is something that's loved you know, when times are crazy, so mm-hmm. yeah um. I would love to encourage our our listeners to yeah have have a look into Revelation at least some point this year, mm. and um, yeah learn and be encouraged as they can. Mm. Well, that's but, a good encouragement.
0: Uh, I'll have yeah. to do that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so that's yeah that's some my recent Bible reading. Um, but yeah, Joe, how about you? What have you been looking into lately?
0: Well, um, as part of our summer reading plans way mm. back in summer, I was um, committed to finishing off. Uh, Confronting Christianity by Rebecca McLaughlin. So anyone who's been listening along with us for (laughs) ages knows that I've been listening to this book for a while and finding great fruit from it and uh, shout out to a few other people who've read it and I think they've enjoyed it too. Mm. And today um, I want to talk about the chapter where she talks about how could a loving God send people to hell?
1: Oh, wow. Great. Yes.
0: It's the last chapter of the book. And she starts by examining, she does this every time, examining um, the current uh, Western approach to a, a question um, with reference to recent events or, or a significant events in the, in the West. And she does that. She touches on some pretty significant events, very painful, and she talks about how people in the West actually hate judgment because they also view humans as fundamentally good, and then mm. she questions that inherent assumption mm. um, and, and suggests that we try to account for people's moral evil um, by saying, "Oh f- trying to find a way where they have reason for why they did it, so that they're in fact not even really morally responsible, mm. so oh, this thing outside of them led them to this evil, um, but she instead argues that she has this incredible sentence it's just the rot goes deep and talks about Ooh. the nature of sin and I, I I actually paused the book and just thought about that sentence because that's the nature of sin, and I really loved it her clarity on that. But um and the chapter actually I didn't find it as easy to follow her f- logic flow and got a bit distracted in it which was unusual for this chapter. Mm. But I did want to draw on and I so I won't actually speak to how well she argued the how could go- a loving god send people to help. But I did want to just draw out one thing she do- does which I just thought was so lovely. This is um a quote from wh- when she's talking. She's moved from identifying that we have a problem, humanity has a problem of sin, and she says this. Christianity acts like a searchlight. God knows our hidden parts. The one person with the right to judge has all the evidence. The God of the Bible is a God from whom we cannot hide, yet the searchlight that could expose us as fugitive criminals is trained on us as lost children. This God is looking for us, longing for us, and calling for us to come home. That's mm. the quote. And yeah. then she, she moves immediately to... and which is great for an apologetic book. She moves immediately to the parable of the lost sons and then to Jesus on the cross in Luke. Yeah. And I was just so encouraged to to remember that the God of the Bible, he's a searchlight for fugitive he's going to expose us. We think he's going to expose us as fugitive criminals, but instead, he's wanting to for us to come home in repentance and trust. Yeah. Oh, so good.
1: Yeah. Oh, I love that um Oh, there's so many great images there. The rot runs deep. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so challenging to our Western perceptions or presuppositions. Yes. A- and then, um, yeah, that concept of God there's as a, as a searchlight. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, wanting to bring us home.
0: Yeah, and 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 I was wondering if she would actually deal with God's wrath, and she really does. She talks about how... God's wrath against sin is poured out on Jesus at the cross. And so that penal substitutionary atonement is really clear in this book, which is always, you know, we've, as we've discussed, so critical for a book, any book, which talks about grace. And so, yeah, I've I've, kind of lost her in the second half of the chapter. (laughs) And I don't know if that was me just getting caught up on the searchlight thing or the Bible passages, but um, I just found it heartening to hear an apologetic book, which talks so clearly about God's wrath, but also about his grace and about how humanity is deeply... Um, marred by sin but actually the rescue plan is jesus so
1: yeah hmm. what, a, what a great way to do it and so have yeah. you finished the book now jo
0: yes it's finished now and <laughs> okay. she finishes she finishes um with a quote from jesus you know i'm the resurrection and the life and mm-hmm. the last sentence of her book is do you believe this and I just thought that nah. was really that was so great <laughs> you know essentially calling people to have a response to the gospel yeah so yeah. um I'm thankful for the book and I've, i definitely it's some of the chapters just washed past me. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. it just a bit more sophisticated than I, <laughs> I could keep up with, but um, yeah, I really enjoyed it, and I'd recommend to anyone who's just interested in a, a good read. Mm.
1: Yeah, fantastic. Oh. Now, come on, uh, we'd love to hear. Uh, so, um, yeah, it had been great talking with you today, Joe, about yeah. uh, air shows, fungus <laughs> revelation, and uh, the question of uh, loving God, sending people to hell, um, yeah, yeah. being addressed by Rebecca McLaughlin. Lots of big topics. Yes. Um, if yeah. um, go on
0: you know oh I was going to say we're about to say the same thing if anyone wants to be in touch with us about what they've been reading or thinking or how they've grown from the podcast we'd love to hear from them we got a lovely email in January from Emma down south and um, hearing from people around church about how they're growing but yeah let us know you can get in touch with us at homegrownfaith at hunterbiblechurch.org
1: yeah indeed wow. well uh, until <laughs> next time Joe. have a great week and uh, yes. we'll talk to you soon
0: sounds good see you brother
1: bye